0: Net Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese alongside you on this waiver wire post week nine edition of the show. Please uh, leave a, a rating, review on the podcast edition of the show, on all the editions of the show, but really this is uh the midweek edition of the fantasy show. And of course, a lot of waiver wire news to get to. You know, Matt, it's interesting. I feel like at this point in the season, we're at the point where all of the, the guys available on waiver wires maybe, okay, maybe not all of them, but a large chunk of them are guys who we have discussed in the past, you know so it's I'm not saying these are names you should already know, but you know I'm looking at the list here and apart from maybe one or two guys, a lot of them are pretty highly owned. I, I find with waiver wire pods and just waiver wire pickup stuff in general, Unless you have someone at this stage of the year, and it's possible with still more buys to come next week in week ten, and this past week was a really heavy bye week, it's it's possible that there's a name that's not mentioned in this podcast or in any article that is actually available on your league's waiver wire. It's just impossible for us to know because every league is so, so, so different. Like there's like Garrett Wilson was on waivers in one of my leagues because some guy had like literally every player on by. So he needed to pick someone up. You know, like guys like Christian McCaffrey were on by in week nine. The The Cowboys were on by so you couldn't play Tony Pollard or Dak Prescott or... Or or Schultz or Lamb, right? So a lot of guys run by. It just, I, whenever that happens, you never really know. But I am I'm willing to bet that in a lot of leagues, there's one really good guy who is not your every week waiver pickup who is probably available.
1: Yeah, and and that that happens at this point in the season. I mean, sometimes sometimes you might get lucky, and like you said, somebody needed to drop. Garrett Wilson, and and that worked out really well for for whoever got to pick him up. But I mean, yeah, at this point, like there are guys. There's at least one guy on the list, and as I look at it here, yeah, it's it's one. You know what? Maybe two guys on the list that are still you know owned in in not a lot of leagues and can still be impactful for you in in waivers and guys that like like you mentioned with the bye weeks that are here. could end up being you know impactful guys for you because they're not just guys it's like hey this is a speculative ad these are guys that have, have proven over the course of two three maybe four or five weeks that could end up uh that could end up helping out your roster down the stretch here and, and one of them in particular actually two of them because one of them's coming back from injury Two of them are going to get quarterback upgrades from what they had. So it's going to be super interesting. But yeah, it's we're at that point of the year where we're doing our best to, to try and give you some names. But certainly the guys on the list this week are guys that you've absolutely heard of.
0: Why don't we get to the list? I wanted to, at the end of the podcast, before we go real quick, I just want to talk about two two players that were very likely picked up on waivers for most teams either this weekend or last Wednesday let's say right but i want to get to those we'll get to those at the very end but for now let's get to our list of the waiver wires themselves for pickups for tomorrow or on uh, on Wednesdays and so on that everyone gets to participate in when fab bids go up and priority bids go up so here there's a, i think you sent me 5 names that i wanted to talk about and you know I we'll want to start with the highest owned guys because these are players that are probably on most rosters already Chase Edmonds and Miko Hardman so let's start with Edmonds Edmonds obviously one of the guys who got dealt away to Denver the Broncos were actually on their bye this past week so now you'll you'll get your first chance to see Miko Hardman in action uh, he's rostered in 48% of Yahoo leagues I, I have to admit I was wrong on Chase Edmonds in Miami he was one of those guys where in that running back dead zone after all the top guys get off the uh, go off the league off the board i kind of i kind of thought that chase edmonds would be more utilized because of the money in miami he was not he was dealt to denver and here we are another kind of not so great backfield committee Why, why should people spend up to get chase edmonds
1: Uh, firstly, I was exactly like you. I was like, yeah, Chase Edmonds is going to have a big year. They're going to use him all over the field. It's going to be great. The Miami offense is going to be better. And Mike McDaniel knows how to use his running backs. Well, somebody doesn't know how to pay running backs in Miami, clearly, because Raheem Mostert ended up being the guy. And now it looks like it might be Jeff Wilson. So, I mean, nobody can figure it out. But for Chase Edmonds, it's about the passing back role in Denver and when Javante Williams was there before he got hurt Javante Williams was used heavily in the passing game much like Aaron Jones was used in Green Bay a similar style the only issue here is that Melvin Gordon still there in Denver Latavius Murray is still there and it, it may take an injury to get the most out of Chase Edmonds but at this point in the year you know with the running back position being what it is, if somebody does go down and Chase Edmonds, and you know, you never know when a running back can can end up being um, a, a league winner for you. Much like we've seen with and not and this week notwithstanding, but like what Deonta Foreman has become in in Carolina, and and I'm not saying that Chase Edmonds is going to be that, but he he could have a very valuable role in that offense. I know that they probably got him in the deal to make the money work, but at the end of the day, they did take on some term with that salary, and and I think that Chase Edmonds could end up having a nice little role in Denver uh, because they clearly don't trust Melvin Gordon. I think that's safe to
0: assume. Yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty safe to say as well because I I don't really know why. I guess because he has been. I know he's fumbled a number of times, but and that that's enough to get you in the bad books of probably most coaches, I would imagine. But still, I mean, he's been, like, relatively productive for an offense that, honestly, I think a lot of people had a lot of shares of, Matt, to start the year. And now, it's like, if you if you have any shares of the Denver Broncos offense, you would do, do, do well to divest yourself of those shares as, as soon as humanly possible. Also, speaking of which, the, uh, the trade deadline for most leagues, like, I know some leagues do it differently, but I think the default in ESPN is November 18th, I think, which is not this coming friday but next friday so work the trade markets you know pick up the phones if you can my my suggestion is always always try and send a text or like some kind of direct message to whoever it is you're trading with before just sending out blind like trade offers on the actual platform i honestly even if it is a not a bad trade i don't know about you matt i'm the kind of person who will just reject trades unless it is heavily slanted in my favor? Unless the person comes talk, talk comes to talk to me, even if it is just a cursory, perfunctory text message, just because it. I just feel like it's a better way to gauge like intentions, kind of thing, instead of feeling like people are out to like rob you or like get you in some way. So, anyways, I don't know where you fall on that. Real quick, just because of trade deadlines in a couple of weeks, we can revisit this next week. But I'm I'm always been curious where you fall on that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm of the I'm of the opinion that you should reach out beforehand because honestly show like not for anything, but if you're, if you're a, a, if you're a smart GM, you don't necessarily come with your best offer first. Cause you want to see, cause everybody wants to win the trade. That's just, that's our default setting. But yeah, I usually like to send in most cases, if I don't know the guys in the league, it might be a different story. Um, But for the most part, I would say that I will send a message and say, hey, do you have interest in this guy or are you interested in moving this guy? And, and, you know, what are you looking for in return? You don't necessarily need to tell me players, but, okay, you need a running back and a wide receiver for player X. Okay, you know, maybe I can make that work type thing. So, yeah, I I always send out a, a message beforehand.
0: So you're saying I should not expect a blind request for my Justin Fields in our work league? From you
1: no because i have jalen hurts and that's the only reason why you're not getting one because <laughs> okay. if i didn't have jalen hurts we'd be having a different conversation <laughs>
0: i'll have to look to see who the teams that are higher ranked than you are and i'm going to reach out to them and be like hey you have any interest in uh in justin Fields? hey J- Goldberg, you want justin fields i see your your current quarterback is trevor lawrence you want some, you want some justin fields
1: <laughs> well justin fields is the better quarterback than trevor lawrence i keep <laughs> telling people that and they he don't is- listen to me show
0: Actually, you know what? Now that you said that, I'm just looking at the other teams that are above you right now at the very least. It looks like, let's see, I think this is Azo. Azo seems to have Tr- Justin Herbert. Buffalo has Geno Smith. And oh, okay, well, Walsh, who just absolutely smoked me this week, has Joe Burrow. So uh, maybe maybe only Goldberg will be interested in trading for Justin Fields. I I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not in those guys' heads. I, I don't know anyone. But uh, And
1: there's no incentive to trade in that league.
0: Zero. Yeah, we don't do keepers anymore. No keepers. Yeah, no. Uh, it's a yeah, it's
1: so. a disaster, and there's no incentive for not finishing last. So what are we? What are we doing anyway? Anyway,
0: uh, you anyway. know what? G- given the the heavily injured nature of my team, I got to say, pretty happy. There's no punishment for finishing
1: <laughs> finishing in last place. Oh, I, I, I'm
0: very thankful. You cannot.
1: You cannot. Based on Dan Riccio's awful team when he was well, in I'll, uh, I'll put it this Hungary, way. I believe.
0: I'll, I'll put it this way, Marchese. My my team it has only. Fifty more points scored than Riccio's team. <laughs> that's that's how bad it's so bad it's been this season. So, I, and uh, you
1: drafted a really good team too. Ugh. I know we're getting into the minutia here, but you I drafted know. a really good team. I actually really liked your
0: team. The chaos, the chaos of fantasy football. What can you? What can I say? I know. Um, I know. Let's uh, let's get to our uh, the other highly owned guy on the waiver wire, uh, the waiver wire chart this week. Mikael Hardman rostered also in forty eight percent of the leagues, just like uh, just like Chase Edmonds. Hardman seems okay. I. I I'm not gonna say you go out and spend a ton of fab dollars on Hardman, but I will say he seems to be, let's say, like the third most trusted option after Travis Kelsey. And now it looks like Juju Smith Schuster, right? Juju seems to have settled into that that maybe like 1B role, or like that second option after Kelsey, of course, because Kelsey is the guy Mahomes looks for first, it feels like like if you talk about reads, it feels like Kelsey is his first and second read on basically every play. But Patrick Mahomes is great enough that he's now trusting Juju to make the contested catches in the middle of the field as we saw in Sunday night football against a pretty strong Titans defense. He had 10 catches on Sunday night football Juju Smith-Schuster, but Miko Hardman still caught a touchdown. I believe he caught when he caught the touchdown I think it was his fifth or fourth touchdown in five quarters of work, which is pretty wild. So obviously, that's not going to keep up. But he has carved out a role for himself. The only reason I say maybe if he is available, don't spend a lot of fab for him is only because you know it's a bit of a roulette wheel when it comes to the non juju Kelsey options on the Kansas City offense. There are just so many mouths to feed. But um, if he is available and you you think he's available to be to be had for for a cheap waiver pickup, I, I, say, I say why not, right?
1: Yeah, and, and touchdowns in three straight weeks, and it's a nine-target game that he's coming off of. The only kind of concern here is that Kadarius Tony is going to get more involved in this offense, and he's going to take away some of those kind of gadget plays that they use for Nicole Hardman. But it's it's another situation where. Nicole Hardman's been a part of this offense for a while. They're using him a little bit more, and again, you can't deny touchdowns in three straight weeks, including one game where he had three. So it's 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 a situation where you just want to add somebody in an elite offense. I'm not the biggest Nicole Hardman fan, but I can't deny the results at this point. And being raw and and being you know what it is with. All of the injuries and bye weeks that we have at this point in the season, your his ceiling is high, so you're you're willing to take a chance on that. The floor can be very low, but the way that they use him, especially in the red zone on end arounds, and they and they use him out of the backfield, it's not a horrible thing to have on your roster, especially if if someone like Juju Smith Schuster were to go down. Then McCole Hardman might step into that wide receiver two role and really kind of thrive in it, um, as we've seen him every so often do.
0: I do think that Hardman, and this goes back to the playoffs of last year and the end of the twenty twenty one season, but I I do think and I do agree that he has earned a small modicum of trust when it comes to Mahomes. And I mean the thing too is, I, I I'm not saying throw out the results from Thursday night or pardon me from Sunday night by any means, but. Mahomes also threw the ball, I think, what, like 68 times? Or like a
1: thousand yeah. times. It was a thousand <laughs> times. It was. Un- I've never seen it. That's the most he's thrown in a game. And, and it was against the Titans' defense that they played them really tough, but I didn't think that they were all that great. I thought that Kansas City shot themselves in the foot a lot in that game. Anyway, besides the point, uh, continue, please.
0: Oh, I, I, well, I just mean, again, it's not that you throw those results, right? It's just that how many times you think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball 68 times, right? And if that's the case, I, I guess it's up to you to decide whether or not you feel that if he throws the ball a more reasonable amount of times, like 30 to 35 times in a game, let's say, maybe, maybe 40 times a game, let's say, right, given how the passing nature of offenses are across the NFL. If that's the case, then I guess you have to ask yourself, who is the... Going down from 68 passes this week to, like like, let's say, 35 to 40 passes. Who benefits the least from that? I would guess it's someone like Hardman because he doesn't, you know, maybe it is Juju in the end. It probably never is going to be Travis Kelsey because he always is the guy who's catching passes. But that's just something to keep in mind. But, yeah, again, he's also rostered in 48% of leagues, so it's probably not a guy you can just go out and pick up whenever you want. Um, Let's go to the next three here. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. rostered in 23% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, He was, okay, you'll have to catch me up on this. I don't believe he has officially signed with a team, but I do believe the conversation about him going to the Cowboys is still the one on the table. Is that correct? So uh, I think
1: it was Jay Glazer had reported that Odell Beckham is likely or probably going to be cleared by the end of this week um, and then can sign with a team. So it's just just getting a clean bill of health is basically what we're waiting for. And the Cowboys are said to have been very, very interested in his services, which you can understand, especially considering the nature of their wide receiver core right now and the fact that Michael Gallup, just he's struggling coming off of an ACL injury, which everybody should have kind of expected. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to go to a situation where he's going to have a good quarterback. He's probably going to go to a contender. I can see a situation where he fits right in in Dallas. I could see a situation now in Buffalo because Gabe Davis has pulled the disappearing act for a few weeks now um, that he could fit in Buffalo, Kansas City, less so just because they made the Kadarius Tony trade. But those are the types of teams that would be interested in his services. Hey. If Jamar Chase's hip injury is worse than we thought, maybe the Cincinnati Bengals would be interested in Odell Beckham Jr. Or or it could be a, a reuniting with the LA Rams. I mean, and everything is kind of on the table here in terms of places that Odell can land. Um, but he's going to go somewhere where the quarterback play is good, and that makes him you know, a, a very interesting waiver wire pickup because... You know, it will cost you a little bit more now in Fab Dollars because of the news, but it's certainly worth a guy to have on your roster.
0: When it comes to Beckham's impact on the other wide receivers on whatever team he signs with, that is something to consider as well. But I think I think you bring up a good point when it comes to the Bengals, when it comes to the Bills. Uh, Gabe Davis has not done a whole hell of a lot. I mean, it's, it kind of feels like Josh Allen just has tunnel vision for Stephon Diggs, pretty much. Which, which I mean, it's not a bad thing, and I say this as a a very biased Stephon Diggs owner in a couple of leagues. But I uh, I, I agree with you. I think I, I still feel like Dallas is the most likely option, to only only because while I feel like the GMs for Buffalo and the Bengals, you know, they they've been. A little more measured at times when it comes to the decisions they have made and sure they've taken big swings like buffalo going out and getting digs in the first place a couple of years ago and and the the bengals drafting chase over and over an offensive tackle when it comes to that right last year like those are big swings no doubt but they don't really do a lot of that super often it feels like in the in the 10 years of these two quarterbacks Allen and, and joe burrow and dax dax tenure it feels like Jerry Jones, and I think this is just how he is. He is like he is willing to say and or do literally anything if it means he thinks he can get even just a modicum of a little smidge of a of of more of more yardage. It feels like, right? I mean, look, Tony Pollard at this point. In in his career and in Zeke's career, he is probably the better running back. Probably, right, at this point, given their health and age and the tread on the tires, for lack of a better word. And what has Jerry Jones said all up and down all week? Zeke is a starting running back. Zeke is a starting running back. So if Jerry Jones thinks that Odell Beckham Jr. and he is a star, even though he has he's a little long on the tooth now, if Jerry Jones feels like he he can help his own team, then yeah, I I would be shocked if Odell Beckham signed with literally any other team. That's good. I think that's where I'm at now.
1: Yeah, Jerry Jones just doesn't know when to stop talking. He's got verbal diarrhea a lot <laughs> yeah, <time>. of does. Um, <laughs> does. I think he even went to the extent of like basically if if Tony Pollard cured cancer, we'd still play Zeke Elliott.
0: <laughs> well, that's what
1: happens when you. That's what happens when you pay a running back way too much money. They just feel like they need to play him all the time, and you're right. Um, but I, I, I kind of agree with you. The fit in Dallas just makes way too much sense at this point. And Dallas is going to be in the playoffs. You know, I, I, I mean, I highly doubt that it happens just because of the way things ended. But you know who needs a wide receiver? Is this former team the New York Giants?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: true. Like, they desperately need a wide receiver. I mean, none of the people committed. who drafted him are there. It's, right? like it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where my head kind of went. But he's got to be looking at that situation going. They run the ball a ton. Daniel Jones is is not Dak Prescott. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Matthew Stafford. Like go down the list. He's not any of those guys. So I don't I doubt it. But it would certainly be an interesting reu, reuniting uh, of Odell Beckham and the Giants because I, I know that they could
0: absolutely use him. Odell probably looks at that team and says, "Ah, oh, okay. Do I really want to go back to another like Eli Manning type of situation?" And I honestly, I'm not even sure if Dan- maybe Daniel Jones is like at, at the very least at this respective stage of his career, and versus like he's you know kind of passer he is versus Eli at the, the tail end of his career, not in the middle, right, but at the very end, probably similar, I guess, right? I mean, Daniel Jones isn't the most prolific passer. I think you're probably right though. You'll probably see Odell get paired with a a more veteran. Uh, a more veteran quarterback. Because look, look at the the beautiful stuff he did on the field as soon as he would, did not have to play with Baker Mayfield. Like, literally goes to play with Matthew Stafford and had a touchdown. He had, like, I feel like he had ended the year last year with, like, eight touchdowns in seven games or something absurd like that, and then also had a pretty good playoffs en route to the Super Bowl. I know he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl, but he also caught the first touchdown of the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, Odell Beckham, wherever he ends up, rostered in just 23% of Yahoo! Leagues. I expect that to for sure go up after Wednesday's waiver processing period. On the last two on the list here, Donovan Peoples-Jones rostered in 21% of Yahoo! Leagues. And Terrace Marshall Jr. rostered in 6%. We did talk about Marshall Jr. last week, but we'll get to him again here in a sec. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm curious about this one from you, Matt, just because I think David Njoku is going to return probably sooner than we thought. And of course, we're going to see a quarterback change in Cleveland sooner rather than later as well, because going from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson, all of the the legal issues aside with Watson, his suspension is going to end soon, which means he is going to take the field in the not-too-distant future. And I mean, the Browns didn't pay him all that money to not play him after a suspension, so he is going to play this season. I would be shocked if he didn't. And I guess it's possible that Donovan Peoples-Jones, instead of Njoku, or maybe alongside Njoku, who knows, becomes fantasy relevant, but 20, 21% rostered in Yahoo League, so why, why should people go and run to pick up Peoples-Jones off the roster? He's very athletic, he's very talented, but I'm, I'm curious what, you, what your argument is for him.
1: So Donovan Peoples-Jones has either seven catches or at least 71 or more, 71 yards in the last five weeks. And in the game that he had seven catches, he had like 51 yards or something. So you can go with seven catches and at least 51 yards or at least 51 yards in five straight weeks. And that includes time with David and Joku. He's just a, a, a player that has taken a little bit more time to develop. And he's starting to play well. And, and that's playing with Jacoby Brissett. I don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to be like when he comes back. But that is an upgrade at the quarterback position. Donovan Peoples Jones has shown up and he's been he's been really good, like quiet under the radar, really good over the last five weeks. And I don't think people are talking about him enough. I know David and Joku missed um the the last he missed last week and then the week before was the bye. But even when he was in the lineup, Donovan Peoples Jones was still playing well. And and there are there have been games where Amari Cooper has been invisible. There has also been games where Amari Cooper has blown up. But with all that being said, Donovan Peoples-Jones has still been there and still produced. So you could you could really do a lot worse than Donovan Peoples-Jones, but find me a receiver that has at least 71 or more yards in four of the last five weeks. It's probably not an overly long list.
0: Yeah, it's probably not. That That is true. That I do agree with. It's probably not... I think, um, again, I I just feel like Donovan Peoples-Jones is one of those guys who we've all been predicting a breakout for, for like a season and a half now, because he is such a freak athlete and he's very talented, Um, and then it just hasn't come because of the quarterback play, right? First it was Baker, then it was Jacoby Brissett, and I'm not really like knocking Jacoby Brissett because I think he has, for what he is, has performed... Pretty well, honestly. Like, I think he's played all things considered exactly how you would have expected and may- maybe even exceeded expectations. So I'm-, I'm not knocking him whatsoever considering the situations he has been over the course of his career and certainly in his Browns tenure. But yeah, I, I do I do agree. I think it's it- Donovan Peoples-Jones is worth a pickup. At 21%, eh, it's probably not going to cost you a whole hell of a lot of money on the waiver wire when it comes to Fab or probably not the highest of priority. Like, it might- he might even be one of those guys you can... Um, like, you know, if you're, if you're going by priority, even dollars too, there's that period sometimes... It depends on if you want to wake up super... Or stay up super late, but, you know, sometimes what happens is you can wait on... Like, it depends on your league, but if you... Whatever waivers process, some leagues just leave the waiver wire. Like, our work league does this. The wire is just open permanently until next... The following... Until games start, essentially, on Sunday. Uh, and so basically what happens is... You can just pick up players like "quote unquote" for free without burning your priority or without spending dollars or what have you. So not all leagues do that, but it's also possible that he might be one of those guys if you're if you're like willing to take the gamble, right? You may not you not be able to have the choice or have that luxury, but just keep that in mind. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr. is the last guy you add in your list here, Matt. Six percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. We did talk about Marshall last week, but it does feel like, and I know PJ Walker struggled. He went 3-for-10 for 9 passing yards and 2 picks before getting replaced by Baker Mayfield, who went 14-20, 155 yards and 2 passing touchdowns, no interceptions. It does kind of feel like the quarterback change, and P.J. Walker is apparently going to get the start in Week 10, so it's not think, too, too much to worry about, but it does kind of feel like Terrace Marshall Jr. might be approaching. It's like the, you know, the last stop on the train before it takes off and doesn't stop, right? He had 3 catches. For 53 yards and a touchdown and again the uncertainty at quarterback might affect this but i think we're beginning to see him be worked into the game plan a little bit more
1: yeah and we talked about it last week the draft capitals there he's a former second round pick he's not old he was really good his last year at lsu he had 10 touchdowns in like seven games or something like that and over 700 yards in those seven games the roster percentage has only gone up five percent since we spoke last and and he's coming off of a a four catch 87 yard game two weeks ago like you mentioned three catches 53 yards and a touchdown and he has 15 targets the last two weeks so he had nine two weeks ago and this past week he had six listen they're going to need to throw the ball to stay in games and dj moore is going to get top billing every single week in terms of coverage so that just leaves Terrace marshall jr to fend for whatever else. And and it's gonna be a bit of a roller coaster in Carolina because Sam Darnold's coming back and they're talking about getting him some starts, and then Baker Mayfield's gonna get some starts, and PJ Walker's gonna get some starts. Cause they're evaluating for next year. They suck. They're gonna finish, you know, near the bottom of the NFL standings. Although, I don't know, the Detroit Lions are doing a really good job of trying to catch them after a win against the Packers. But I mean it's it's going to be a mess there. But what we do know is that this team has invested draft capital in Terrace Marshall Jr. They want to figure out what he has too. And I expect that he's going to continue on as the number two target in that offense. And they're just going to have to throw the ball a lot. The caveat with him this week is that they play in the Thursday nighter. So you may have to you may have to have the stones to start Terrace Marshall Jr. on a Thursday nighter. The only saving grace in this one show, they played the Atlanta Falcons. And we know how awful they are and their secondary. So it, it could end up being a very fruitful matchup for you. It's certainly a positive one for Terrace Marshall Jr. and certainly worthy of a roster spot in, you know, twelve team leagues for sure.
0: In in those deeper leagues, he definitely should be rostered. So keep that keep an eye out for that. But it's a good point you you make about Thursday night football I don't I I don't know that I'd have the stones to start him on Thursday night mainly because I think for my own mental health sometimes I feel like if I start a player on Thursday night and then he stinks I feel like I I I obsess about looking over that awful number even if it's like it's like a like you know if you started Devonta Smith in Thursday night football last week and you have to look at his 3.2 points in half PPR like until for the next like forty eight hours or whatever th- you know thirty you know seventy two hours whatever until the uh, game starts on Sunday afternoon you just feel like it just feels makes you feel so terrible so I sometimes for my own sake I just don't start guys on Thursday night because I just I just don't want to see that but hey I mean if like, if you had started Dallas Goddard last Thursday or AJ Brown or Jalen Hurts or Damian Pierce you were feeling pretty good but the guys in the fringe the bubble players yeah definitely always keep that in mind when you are making your decisions for uh for for the coming week uh before we go real quick can i, I just wanted to throw a couple of questions by you before we get out of here matt um you mentioned the falcons and last week this past week they played the los angeles chargers coming off their bye and josh palmer canada's own josh palmer someone we talked about in the previous waiver wire podcast and on the actual uh, live edition of the show on sunday mornings which of course you can hear 8 to 10 a.m eastern on the Sportsnet radio network, Josh Palmer had, I believe, it was eight catches for over a hundred yards, and he was phenomenal. I I feel like on a team that throws the ball, I think I think Justin Herbert has not thrown the ball less than thirty times all year. I'd have to go back and check that officially. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he has thrown the ball a lot, and I know he's been injured. Hopefully, the week eight bye was enough to get him right. He looked pretty good, all things considered even though it was a relatively low-scoring game between the Chargers and Falcons, two teams with bad defenses. So kind of surprising that it was a 20-17 final score. But again, Josh Palmer was clearly a huge part of the game plan. I'm just curious, my question to you, Matt, is when either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams comes back, he obviously takes, you know, a little bit of a tumble in terms of value when it comes to start sits. When both of them come back, is he droppable or are you just having him ride the bench because either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams are probably not going to be 100%, at least until the fantasy playoffs.
1: Oh, I'm going with the latter. And it's not even that they might be 100%. I'm just not sure. I'm not certain that they're going to be able to stay healthy at all for the rest of the year. Like, we've heard week in and week out, oh, Keenan Allen's close. He's close. He's close. He's close. I don't know how close he is because he can't be that close if they keep, you know, waiting until – the day of and then like ah you know what he can't go that's like three straight weeks that we've heard that and mike williams has the high ankle sprain. we have no idea what he's going to be like coming off of that i don't think that i would i would hold on to them even when those guys come back i don't know if i'd be comfortable starting him unless him and and, and justin herbert just developed this great rapport while both of those guys out, which i mean i guess could happen but at the end of the day we attach ourselves to to good offenses, good quarterbacks and Justin Herbert despite what despite the rumors of his demise is still a very good quarterback and I would be holding on to Josh Palmer even when those guys both come back healthy if they both come back healthy.
0: Yeah, I'm pleased to say that in in one of my leagues I benched Michael Pittman uh, for Josh Palmer in the end, and it worked out to my great favor, basically. I think Palmer ended, there's a half PPR league, I think Palmer ended with like 13 or 14 points, and I think Michael Pittman ended with like three points, or maybe three and a half points, or something like that. So, I um, I, I mean, I also hope that Pittman uh, gets a bit of boost in value, now that Frank Reich is out, and Jeff Saturday, huh, is, is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe that, maybe Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback in the next... Week I don't know what happens in India, but whew, that that screams dysfunction to me. But I uh, Josh Palmer has been good, and I I, I would think he's going to be on, on a lot of winning rosters uh, this weekend for a lot of people. Um, the other couple questions I wanted to get to actually revolve around the Ravens and the Ravens beat the New Orleans Saints twenty seven to thirteen on Monday Night Football, and it was you know it's not a super surprising result uh, because the Ravens are even with all the injuries they're still a pretty good team, and the Saints. eh, They're not a good team. Let's just put it that that way. But uh, no Mark Andrews, no Gus Edwards uh, meant that Isaiah Likely and Kenny and Drake started for the Ravens this week. And so here's the thing. So Kenny and Drake had 24 carries for 93 yards and two touchdowns. He also had two catches for 16 yards. And Isaiah Likely had probably the most productive night out of any... Baltimore Ravens pass catcher he had one catch for 24 yards and a touchdown so he he literally had one touchdown catch and that was it but the next couple guys I mean like Proche or is it Proche or Proche? Proche. Proche. Proche so two receptions for 22 yards Oliver one catch for 19 yards Jackson one one reception for 16 yards so there are a lot of guys on here who just didn't have the most uh, Devin Duvernay, one catch for five yards. Ooh, right? I hope that a lot of hope people didn't didn't a lot of people didn't start Duvernay, but how much value does Kenny and Drake have and Isaiah likely have to hold through the Ravens bye weeks? The Ravens are now going on bye. You would imagine the reason that Gus Edwards and uh, Andrews didn't play is because they were on their bye week. So because of that. Do you hold likely? I think you have to hold Drake, but do you hold likely? Let's say through the buy, just in case, or would you let's say drop likely for? And I'm just spitballing here, like Joku, if he was available on waivers because someone dropped him when he got injured, or or do you hold likely as well? I'm curious where you fall on the holding of guys like this through the buy, considering that they're they're the likely starters. I didn't, no pun intended, <laughs> are uh, probably coming back after the bye week.
1: Well, you're gonna hold on. You you said it. you're gonna hold on to Kenyon Drake because he's a running back, right? And and that offense has shown at times that you can they can have two successful running backs coming out of that offense. Isaiah Likely is an interesting one because he didn't show out all that well. It was not. It was a weird game where Lamar didn't have to. I I don't know. Just just didn't like it. The fact that he caught a touchdown is great, but I'm not holding him. Like there are other options. Uh, like, Noah Fant's coming off of a 95-yard game, which I can't believe that I said it on the show on Sunday. Like, oh, do we have the balls to start Noah Fant? And sure enough, he led all tight ends in receiving this week. You know what, Matt? That's no, what
0: no joke. Because because you said that on the show and one of my leagues. I'm in a 16-team league, and he was somehow available on waivers. And I was like, you know what? I have Mark Andrews. I don't think he's going to play. So I just grabbed him, and woo, that was great. So uh, So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> yeah no problem. That didn't help me anywhere, but I'm, I, hopefully I helped somebody else out. but yeah, like i am I'm, I'm not holding isaiah likely uh, i I think andrews the the fact that they waited until like you know late later Sunday to kind of just say, okay, he's doubtful. he's not gonna play. um that to me just tells me that he's probably okay after the bye week and if I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember what day they play. I don't know if they play a Thursday, and I don't believe that they do. But regardless, they both of those guys have a lot of time to, to get back and get healthy. I would assume that Gus Edwards is back and healthy, and probably assumes a little bit more of a workload. Although Kenyon Drake has looked good, so maybe it's not as much as I think, even though I do think he's the better running back. And Mark Andrews obviously is going to assume... His spot. Now, when they come back, they play the Carolina Panthers, and that is on November 20th. So there's some time there, and what a matchup for them. The Panthers' defense has been awful. That's a pretty good one to get eased back into.
0: Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's funny that the Panthers have been the, like, the. I don't know the get right game for a lot of teams this year. So maybe, maybe I mean not that the Ravens need a get right game when you're six and three, but um, maybe they maybe they break out even more, especially for owners who of Mark Andrews like myself in certain leagues where you started him one week, you got a big got you a big fat zero, and then was out the very next week. So I, I think Isaiah Likely is a great uh, he's a great play if Andrews is out, but like I said, because of the buy and now I, I I have a feeling we don't see. A lot more fantasy relevance for likely, unless there is another injury to Mark Andrews, uh, because he he's been great. But we all know that Andrews is uh, Lamar's favorite target. Um, that does it for the uh, waiver wire pod. Uh, so, how excited are you for Panthers Falcons? Does that are are you in any way gonna start Kyle Pitts against the Panthers? Like, are you forced to? Do you, are you, are you over it? I know you can't, like, I probably wouldn't be able to bring myself to drop Kyle Pitts this week, but for really any highly drafted player, because the sunk cost fallacy gets me really badly, Matt, but I'm I'm curious, like, do you, like, just, are you stapling Kyle Pitts to the bench for the rest of the year?
1: I'm probably starting him every week, because I'm a sucker, (laughs) and I'm probably the guy that shouldn't start him, and I'm the reason why nobody else gets fantasy points from him. Like it, it has to be me because I have drafted right. him in multiple leagues, thinking right. he's gonna have a monster year, and it yeah, it did not turn out that way. So uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna start him because I'm also a sucker for for watching guys play on Thursday nights. I'm a big sucker for that prime time so game. Oh, I gotta watch somebody.
0: So you're a gl- you're a glutton for punishment, is what you're saying?
1: Hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. That's me. Uh, well, don't forget to set your lineups for Thursday night football, and also don't forget to set your lineups on early on Sunday morning this coming week ten because the uh, that international series the NFL has been doing the, all the games have been in London so far. This next one's actually in Munich, in Munich. So uh, get that one ready for you. I believe it's the Seahawks Buccaneers early on Sunday morning on November thirteenth. So get that one ready. But we appreciate you being alongside us on the waiver wire edition of the podcast. You can always tweet us or DM us any questions on Twitter, at SNS Alley, with two L's for me, at Maddie Mar 89 for Marchese, uh, at The Fantasy Show, we run those that account as well, so you can DM us there, we'll answer all of your questions, and don't forget, on Sunday, 590-590 is the people's text line, we will answer all of your questions on the air, and if the ones we don't get to, we will answer off the air as well, all of your questions, will get an answer before kickoff goes, both at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, and 1 p.m. Eastern, on Sunday morning, but... We appreciate you being alongside us. We'll talk to you on Sunday on the Fantasy Show across the Sportsnet Radio Network.